0: ¡Gracias!
1: This week on the KoshCast, West Ham have signed Felipe Anderson, Cristiano Ronaldo has joined Juventus, France have won the World Cup and Vladimir Putin has gone from handing out golden medals to dossiers with golden showers in the space of just two days. The world's gone mad. It's 40 degrees, there's a storm going on outside, and we've just witnessed the most poignant moment for the blues since the sad passing of B.B. King. Plug your headphones in. I am just kidding, of course, your headphones were already plugged in. Hello and welcome to The Koshcast on UndertheKoshblog.com and at under underscore the kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex and his name is Bernie. Yeah, shaku shaku. Shaku shaku. <laughs> How are you well, doing, man? I'll explain what that means later, but I am... Great, great. I'm glad to hear it. We are just the two of us today building castles in the sky. Yep. Just the two of us, you and I. Just the two of us. Building castles in the sky. Just the two of us. You and I. Yep. And then Will Smith goes, True that, True that. Well, someone of, does. Speaking of Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently he
0: performed the World Cup final and I missed that.
1: I missed that too. Yeah,
0: probably for the
1: better. Yeah. Well, we forgot it. We watched the World Cup final of Real Sports. And, uh, which is, if you don't if you don't live in Toronto, Real Sports is uh, a massive, massive sports bar owned by MLSE who own all the sports teams in Toronto. So basically they created it so that if you didn't buy a ticket to their game, you can still go and spend your money on them for their $20 chicken tenders and their massive screen. And no one wants to be in there for longer than you need to, really. The, the
0: line to get into that place for World Cup Final was like, when they release a new iPhone and you go to the mall, <laughs> yeah. that's what this line was like. It was like the line for the Nigeria jersey when it came out. It made no sense. I cannot believe that people... Like, firstly, the line was so long, you wouldn't have gotten in until halftime. No. That's how long the line was. So people tip for the next World Cup in 2022 in Qatar. When's the final watch it at home yes. and invite people to your
1: house. That's the thing. Do like that. you've got to be organized. I have no sympathy <laughs> if you if you're lining up for the World Cup final 10 minutes before the game starts like yes, either watch it at home or reserve or like find a quiet bar. There's 100 million of them. Like you know what I mean? It's yeah. just Sad. Uh, yeah, it was.
0: Uh, there are lots of pubs out there that, that that could do this with a big screen. You know what? If you want me to bring a projector for you, I
1: will do that. <laughs> and, and a boombox. pay
0: me some money. Yeah, exactly. We can make this happen.
1: Nice. Anyway, uh, so we did watch the World Cup final. It was it was a good final. Often yeah. often finals are a bit cagey, a bit kind of defensive. No one wants to lose. In this case, everyone was fine with losing. They just bloody went for it. It was great.
0: Yeah. This was this was the World Cup final that we had to have because Mm. the tournament itself was fantastic i have i've been bored during world cup world cups Mm. and as we put on record i was not excited for this world cup at all like not even a smidgen but by the time it was done i was in awe this is the best world cup i've ever seen and this final just epitomized everything we had own goals we had wonderful goals and we even had VAR make a controversial yes. appearance in this game so in the first World Cup the VAR was actually used and no one enjoyed this particular usage of VAR I did
1: uh, I, I did too Mohanet didn't <laughs> but that was, brought me joy as yeah, well so. exactly <laughs> no it, it was amazing and, it, and as you say it was an appropriate final because the World Cup we've had has had so many different stories from you know Uruguay not conceding a goal for like 500 minutes to uh Hugo Lloris nearly eating a grasshopper. Okay. <laughs> and, I mean, what else was it? I mean, it was just, you know, Croatia being possibly the best footballing side in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Hard to argue with that, I think. Yeah. I mean, Spain tried to be, but they just weren't. Yeah. Um, they were horrible. Absolutely horrible. Although Belgium, probably another, another decent shout. Although, kind of, they were, they were a little hit and, hit and miss. But it, there was just so much going on. And, and so, on Nigerian Jersey as well, we cannot... We Nigerian cannot Jersey, that, football you know. coming home. Yeah, oh, uh, that was brilliant. Germany actually going home. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, even... I mean, we just kind of jumped straight into like highlights and and, and memorable things from the tournament. But that South Korea 2-0 against Germany with... Uh, uh, was Emmanuel Neuer dicking around oh, on the left wing and the long try. ball and Son finishing. I mean, it's wonderful stuff. That brought, and,
0: and, of course, you had one spectacular goal from Lionel Messi and a hat-trick from Cristiano Ronaldo. So the world was all right. Everyone got a little bit of what they wanted yes. with this, I felt.
1: Yes, and, and there hasn't been a time, I, I think, at least in our lifetimes, where so much shit has been going on in the world around mm-hmm. the tournament and it has been such a welcome reprieve you know what I mean like we've been able to bury our heads in the sand that is the World Cup and it's been wonderful Mm -hmm. and and now we're back to reality but we're going to ignore it for a bit longer by doing the pod yeah yeah. (laughs)
0: so maybe we should just dive into the final that was sure Um, started off I was shocked at just how adventurous Croatia were Mm. in, in the first half at least like France to me and maybe I shouldn't have been shocked because this is what Deschamps was always going to do counter attack, but France have all the attacking talent. You would think Croatia don't have as much attacking talent, they have midfield talent, but not maybe the attackers. But they really went for this. And Perisic and Mandzukic, some people like Rebic, I don't care, but those two also Rebic in there just because
1: were, they were honestly fantastic in the first half. They were, they were brilliant. I mean, the first 20 minutes, France barely got out of their half. Mm-hmm. Croatia had the ball, they were pressing, it wasn't kind of sterile possession either it wasn't tiki-taka pass it around for no reason it was really direct going at them and, and it looked for a while like France would, would be under pressure for a lot longer but they did what they've done all tournament which is defend solidly hold out not concede actually any real quality chances and then nick a goal yeah. and I said to you when, when that header went in it would be very appropriate if that was the only goal because that would sum up exactly how France have played this tournament. Mm-hmm. At least in the, when it comes to the knockout stages, and the, in the group stage, they were a bit more open, played a bit more football. Um, but yeah, it would have been perfectly reasonable for them to get that that MTT header, and oh no, sorry, it was own goal, wasn't it? It was an own goal. MTT got a header Lanzi in a different Lanzi round, did, yeah. um, and then just like sharp shot.
0: Yeah, it, it it really would have been been fair, and I mean, I, I w- France didn't have a shot on goal until the second half and they were up (laughs) 2-1 yeah which made no sense and on that the free kick that got them
1: the on goal
0: soft soft but honestly
1: I I just I don't understand why it's so controversial I mean Mahanad again was losing his mind about this and Mm -hmm. the penalty decision but that decision gets given every week 50 times yeah Every week. Yeah. So just because it's a final doesn't mean it's not going to get given. You and, know? And, and apparently Pogba pushed Mandzukic in the back.
0: Everyone's already pushing everyone. Constantly I, I, I'm surprised that that's even the thing that we want to mention, personally. Because, like you <laughs> yeah. said, everyone gets pushed in the back, but that's
1: just elite mentality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He knew that by pushing him, he'd get the own goal. That's just fantastic. I'm on door stuff right there. Given the half of Mandzukic's game is to leap in the air and shove people... You know, if it happens to him, there's not much he can complain yeah, about. That's
0: for fair play. Honestly,
1: fair play. <laughs> but um, yeah, you're right. Two one with barely a shot on goal. And then what was what was the three one? That was the penalty. No, it was no. e- they equalized with that parasitical.
0: Oh yes, what a hit. What a goal that was
1: my lord. <laughs> the thing that cracked me up about that goal was that it looked it kind of, like they went for something off the training ground, yeah. And what happened wasn't, yeah. But it still <laughs> sort of looked that way because like it would have been so. I think cool. it was
0: Vrsaljko that made the run yeah. out of nowhere, and Modric pings it to Vrsaljko, and he's supposed to head it back into the box and then cause some chaos, yeah. Which it, ultimately it did, yes. But it it took a moment of brilliance. So the ball comes out to Perisic, who takes it on his right foot. And moves the ball to his left foot to take out. I think it was in Golo Yep. And then slams it with oh. his left foot into the net. An unstoppable shot. Honestly, that is one of the goals in the tournament. Yeah. But for the record, vote for Ahmed Musa <laughs> to win goal of the tournament. Where, where That's does, what we're going. Where does one do this on the like FIFA Twitter account? Yeah, FIFA Twitter account. But we've actually tweeted this out both mm. on my personal account and. At under underscore the car, Yes. Let's vote for Apep. But that's besides the point.
1: Yeah. If you want to make Bernie happy, <laughs> given Nigeria went out, how dare you bring that part up. <laughs> also, also, just while we're on Nigeria, didn't you go? So we we had a a ed game last weekend. I couldn't be there, mm-hmm. but you played, and there was, I mean, tell 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 the listener what you saw. When you arrived, <laughs> well, this was when I left. Like I'm, oh, okay. I'm on,
0: I'm on the way out, and uh, I'm about to get into the car, and the corner of my eye, see what I think looks like a Nigerian. So of course I'm interested. I turn, I look, and it's an entire like team of has to be said white people wearing the Nigeria kit, and they all have their names on the back. <laughs> and I just thought one part of me felt proud like wow we
1: made it the other part of me said hey that's why we couldn't get these jerseys (laughs) because all of you took what we wanted (laughs) it's not it's uh yeah really kind of I mean there's cultural appropriation and there's like there aren't enough shirts to go around but we're still going to buy them anyway yeah but
0: hey it fueled the black market so it's all good whatever
1: is that a pun? no it was not a pun at all (laughs) thanks Alex for making this awkward sorry uh right uh, right. Anything else about Nigeria or? No, we can go back to Croatia. Because, okay. Although fine. Thomas Lamar is apparently half Nigerian. Is he? Yeah. Oh, so, he did nothing. Yeah. So. But we're still claiming this world. Well, okay. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's discuss this because this is a the point. There has been a lot of talk, obviously, about Africa United. Mm-hmm. There's this French team that is majority just made call up it of fish. You say, <laughs> yeah. Just call it majority made up of people with African origin. Um, as the African correspondent mm-hmm. on this podcast, did do people in Nigeria? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to ask about you know other countries, but do people in Nigeria feel any more affinity with this France team? Yes, because of that. Yes, okay. I, absolutely. Um, Africans do this all the time. So I remember
0: when France won France '98 as a little kid, and, and people said, "Oh, we were happy because you know they they have a lot of black players." And I didn't understand it growing up as however old. I think I was 10. I didn't really understand it. But yeah. now it's even more so, and I get it. They really do affiliate. Because when well, the thing about the World Cup is your country is in it and you and you support your country when your country's out. Everyone looks for someone to support. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. And you're going to support who you feel closest to or whoever makes you feel good. So the Nigerians that did support Croatia got a bashing on social media. <laughs> they really, really did. Because you're going against Wakanda. Black Panther came out this year. You cannot go against Wakanda. No. So I was happy that France ultimately... Did win um, for, for those reasons and then some. Also because players, I know them more than the Croatians as well. Sure,
1: yeah. fair enough. Well, there was also the kind of Vida did not make himself appear the most uh, likable kind of guy with his little social media gaffe. Uh, racism Let's call it what it is What did you say There was some Like white Croatian Nationalism He does look on. like uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah You remember
0: that time We were on the train Going from I think it was Rome to
1: Berlin And we saw the Neo-Nazi national. He Very much felt so. like that to me. He, Yeah I mean he's not Trying to disguise much Is he <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, But then I mean the reason That I really wanted This, this particular France team to win And it was similar In 98 Was that There is a lot Of racial tension In France There is a lot Of racism in France And this just sticks it to them mm-hmm. it really sticks it to them especially um, and we were talking kind of off air about there, there, there are loads of clips one of them one of which you heard is the intro um, of this French squad and Deschamps and Macron and they're all singing and they're singing about N'Golo Conte and they're singing uh, Le Marseillaise. and the fact that this French squad impromptu just burst out into the French national anthem is is a massive fuck you to a lot of people yes. who think, oh, they're, they're Africans. They don't care about France. Yeah. Is it like, these things are not mutually exclusive. Yes. You can be proud of your origins. You can be proud of, you know, where your parents came from, your grandparents came from, and the country that you were born in and lived in and raised in. And, you know, th- that's why this victory is wonderful.
0: I, I, I agree. And, and it's, it's, and I, I have an article coming out tomorrow, so just shameless plug. But mm. I talk a little bit at the end about why i think paul Pogba was the leader of this team because in essence he was the leader of the african contingent but what they didn't do was leave out the non-africans in fact they they use their african culture to bring them all together where you have antoine griezmann doing the shaku shaku dance that we all do in <laughs> nigeria and you have Giroud looking opera trans singing african songs like you're bringing <laughs> everyone together knowing what the majority is but not leaving them out which is actually what these far-right people are afraid of but let's leave that for a second because some people will do not want us to get political mm. in life. But th- let's talk about something controversial that is not racial tensions. Okay, VAR. Right. So I think this was for the second goal. Yes. The one that Griezmann put away. The penalty. The penalty. Was it a penalty? Was it the, did VAR do its job? How do we feel about this?
1: I didn't obviously didn't notice it in real time. And which is what VAR is for mm-hmm. something that you know and, and the referee only gets told about stuff that the people in the studio think should be looked at right mm-hmm. so they suggested it he looked at it I, th- I mean the ball hits his hand his arm whatever it, it's, no it's not deliberate but 99% of handballs given aren't deliberate yes I mean the, uh, the only one I can think of in recent memory was is Suarez yeah. the only deliberate handball right it just doesn't happen really. Uh, by the letter um, of the law it's not a handball by the way the law is written... So it's either... It's going to be deliberate or some bullshit about unnatural position, right? Yeah.
0: But I, I agree with you there in that by the letter of the law, this is not handball. But again, this is like how I am with Offside. But because right. there are all these directives that either FIFA or UEFA or whoever have put into place that really make this a hot topic because by letter of the law, that is not a handball. So I am all with the people that support Croatia in this. But... You're right in that we have seen countless, countless offsides, sorry, countless handballs called for stuff just like that because it was in the penalty box and has the potential to stop a goal scoring opportunity. Yeah. So I don't, in my mind, I go with precedent. If we're if we're going to call the what happened with Portugal and Iran <laughs>
1: right. a penalty, which yeah. I, I believe they called that a penalty, yeah. then
0: this has to be a penalty yeah. if that's what you're going to do.
1: Yeah. And, and I do think with incidents like that, you are more likely to get the yes decision to a, to a penalty or a free kick because that you can't... I'd imagine it must be really hard to sit there watching it mm-hmm. on repeat 10 times and not give it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I remember the it. ref, he looked at it, he ran... And then he decided, wait a minute. He was
0: going to go onto the pitch and he said, let me check it one more Mm. time just to make sure. So the idea that a referee would make, obviously, maybe you think they made a mistake, but this was not an intentional mistake. This was his interpretation. And that's what people mistake about VAR. Some people say, oh, we hate it. And it's not good for the game. To be honest, except for the group stages, no one talked about VAR. Which means
1: it was actually working the way it was intended to work. Yeah, I tell you what, it actually went a lot better than I Would have predicted given how it's gone in Germany this season and in Italy this season. Like it's been quite controversial, mm-hmm. but during the World Cup and especially in the group stages, yeah, it worked pretty smoothly. Yeah. which is a good sign for the future because um, it's not going anywhere.
0: I think it it must where it can. Who has like where who has the money for it and the major leagues should implement it right now. It was a raging success. More decisions were. I mean, look at South Korea, Germany. That goal was ruled offside. But they, they went to VAR and they got the right decision. Yep. And who knows? Germany could have still done the tournament if not for something like that. Yep. And I'm happy that they weren't because they didn't deserve a thing. So VAR overall, for me, did its job. You may not agree with it, but it's still open to interpretation. we just giving referees a tool to make a more informed decision. Exactly.
1: In and, and ultimately, refereeing a game is... I mean, they do an unbelievable job. Yeah. It's basically an impossible task. Yep. It's basically a wild goose chase. But they do an incredible job without it. And now they have another tool to help them do it. Do it well. And, and that's fair enough. And, and the only other thing that I want to mention is that when VAR was brought in, a lot of people were like, "Oh, yeah, but we like we like debating decisions." You still got it. Yeah, you still <laughs> got your debate. That is not going anywhere. You can still be angry about something. Exactly. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Um, let's let's talk about the penalty itself. Griezmann is not that good at penalties, but. In, in terms of where he puts the ball. But his record. But the keeper always goes the wrong way. Yeah. Like, it's never right in the corner. Yeah. But the keeper always goes the wrong way. Maybe that's part of his power, I don't know. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. What maybe they
0: should zoom in on the eyes. So he scored... I think he scored two penalties this tournament mm-hmm. or so. From, or maybe three. I don't remember. But he got four. Um, Mbappe got four. We'll talk about Mbappe in a second. Uh, I still love his Fortnite celebration. I don't yes. care what anyone says. Oh, it's lovely. It's brilliant. Um... Third goal, I I my my thought about this game was that second half Croatia would come out with Fury. They didn't. Actually, France had the first shot on target and France came out a little bit more aggressively, although Croatia did come back into it. But third goal, I'm gonna say this now. Paul Pogba did his thing. He started the move, he finished the move. For me, everyone knows I'm a massive Paul Pogba fanboy after saying that I <laughs> should not sign him so I can accept when I'm wrong sometimes and also when it works in my favor I can accept when I'm wrong it's fine it's very big of you yeah thank you very much I tried very hard to come <laughs> um, but it has to be said he had a wonderful tournament he did very very well people were like Graham Souness or assholes I'm talk about him being dropped he did a fantastic job and I am all for Paul Pogba soaking it up doing the whole don't talk thing dabbing, it's all good. Whatever like, you need to do. You man. win the, working said the best. Do whatever you want with your hair, dance, I don't care, you won the World Cup. You can do whatever
1: you want at this point. Listen, if keane is on board, <laughs> <laughs> then you've won. Yeah. No. And it was
0: fitting that he did score in the final because some people were saying he doesn't take game by the scruff of the neck and this and that and it's a final. You scored in the final. I'm just happy for him because he can look back in the next like, the rest of his life And say I scored in the final Yes That's, that's all you want in your life That's all I dreamt of as a kid right. And that never happened Look where I am <laughs> Talking about this That's <laughs> true
1: And I, I mean to be honest If we're going to be honest About the goal itself The shot itself mm-hmm. Was nothing special It was yep. like the Griezmann penalty It wasn't in the corner Or whatever The keeper was already Moving the wrong way Which is why I went yep. in But the part, The volleyed pass mm-hmm. That he played in The first place To set Mbappe free Was World class Yep and so, I mean, for that reason alone, he deserved to finish that move off. It absolutely. was it was wonderful, absolutely.
0: And 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 if you look at the game, he had the most touches for France, most passes for France, France, most interceptions for France, most retention 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 of the ball for France. He literally was the hub of the French team, which is what everyone said he could not do. Every statistic that's important, he owns a statistic. So honestly, Paul Pogba, if you were listening, which I know you aren't, you're whatever you never will. You deserve this. We're all for you except for one person. It's all good. Good job.
1: The other, the other thing I want to say is, tactically, Pogba did prove some people wrong here. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about how to get the best out of him. Mm. And even whether this was the best of Paul Pogba, we don't know. It certainly wasn't as attacking as Paul Pogba can be. But mm-hmm. he was asked to play a more defensive role, and he did it. For Manchester United, he has struggled with that. Yes. And so it is interesting to work out the kind of the dynamics as as to why this worked for him. On the one hand, people thought that Deschamps, including myself, had gone a bit mental when he started with Matuidi nominally on the left wing, Mm. right? And Matuidi played this kind of hybrid role where he was on the left, but he was also kind of an auxiliary central midfielder. And did that give Pogba more freedom? No. Mm-hmm. It didn't mean that Pogba was, had any more license to go forward. We didn't see him no. driving into he the box. He actually did
0: more of a defensive job than both both Matuidi and N'Golo Kante. Right. At the statistics. So he did, didn't free him up. He, actually, to your point, he did more of a defensive job yeah. in a three. And the sad part about this is this does vindicate Jose Mourinho.
1: But on the one hand, yes, because Jose asks him to do a more defensive job. And, but so far, he hasn't done it mm-hmm. particularly well. Mm-hmm. So it vindicates Mourinho in that the job can be done, but it did, but it doesn't vindicate Mourinho in that Mourinho can't get him to do it properly, yeah. whereas Deschamps has. Which, I mean, if Deschamps can get him to do something, you know you're <laughs> an idiot. But so, is Paul Pogba going to go back to Jose Mourinho and say, listen, this is what worked for me? Or is Mourinho going to get on the phone to Deschamps and be like, what was it you did? You know what I mean? Like, where does this go for for Pogba If Mourinho
0: didn't watch France play and watch the midfield three and go, I want Fred to do um, the Matuidi job and in goal, um, not in goal, in and Nemanja Matic to do the defensive midfield job and let Pogba do what he needs to do, which is what he did for France. Then he's stupid because you that is the blueprint. That is a blueprint that can
1: possibly challenge Man City. Not Wendley, because
0: he won't, but possibly challenge
1: Man City. So what you're saying is Fred on the left wing for United. <laughs> That's what we're to Unfortunately, georgia. that is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, well, Alexis Sanchez doesn't have his visa, so it yeah, might yeah. happen. You should get out of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright, so where are we up to? It's 3-1. It's yes. 3-1. Then Kylian Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe had a rubbish game, yes. but scored a brilliant goal. Yes. Kylian Mbappe looked like Theo Walcott. Yes. He was... Pacey, he was dangerous theoretically, mm-hmm. but in practice, his touch was off. His first Nothing. touch was so bad. It was in his so game. bad. We talk
0: about Lukaku's first touch. <laughs> Mbappe's first touch was rubbish. Yep. But he got the goal, and I will say this again: he is 19 years of age. I will accept you have a poor touch. 19 years of age, I we can make jokes about Lukaku being 24. Fine, but <laughs> this kid is 19 years of age. You would have a bad first touch then but he still scored in a world cup final. Yep. And at 19 years of age, you don't have to be dreaming about that at that age, right? Like so he will get better. I believe he can learn, unlike some people, I believe he can learn the first touch. And I believe also he might be devastating enough that he may not need that. What he did against Argentina, yeah. It's just it's just proof of that. So the kid is amazing. I'm I'm excited to see where where he where he goes from here and It was a good finish.
1: It it was a good finish. And and it was a very smart finish because, like, again, again, not perfectly in the corner, Mm -hmm. but it was was another trick where the keeper thought it was going into the far corner because of the way that he positioned his body. But he kind of he used the defender as a screen and then whipped it into the near post. But Very smart. Suicide did have a terrible day to not become not be superhuman yes. like he
0: was all tournament.
1: Yes, he he had a bad day. He was crying at the end. You can understand it. <laughs> um, but the the one the one thing I wanted to mention about Mbappé is that I saw a tweet today and forgive me, I can't remember where I saw it or who who tweeted it. But the point was, isn't it lovely that we're going to be able to watch Mbappé over the next however many years? and not have to debate as to whether he can win a World Cup. Yes. Because he already did. And yes, it will be lovely to not have to talk about that nonsense.
0: Someone put this into perfect like context. They said, in Qatar 2022, he'll be 23. I said, what? That, <laughs> We're not even talking about prime Mbappe two World Cups in. That is nuts. That's mental. And if you think about it, their team is young enough that they could still be the best team in the world in 2022.
1: They should be. I mean, the, th- the thing with France is... Everyone knows they're a good team. I didn't see anyone name them as their favourites to win this going into mm-hmm. the competition. I did not hear that. Um, but they got to the final of the Euros. And they should have won that. Yeah. They were one stupid... And they should goal. Never beat you. <laughs> right. No. Um, and so they've been to two finals now. They've won one of them. And you're right. That is a young team. I mean, that back four is ridiculous. Pavard is not even a right-back. Yeah. He was playing right-back and he's, what, 22? Yeah. Then you've got Varane, who's 25... Who was next to him? I think GD. GD
0: is like 23, 24. Yeah. Or something like that. And
1: then Lucas Hernandez is like 20-ish. Yeah.
0: And even look at... I mean, Dembele didn't even really play, and he's young. hes I think he's 20. Yeah.
1: Lamar uh, is 24, 25. Yeah.
0: Pogba will be 29, so he can still do a job. And Golokante, I don't even think... He looks old, but I'm not sure he's that <laughs> old. He's 27. Matuidi's old, but... Tolisso can replace him. He'll exactly. be 29. Like, they really have a... And look at who they didn't even take. Martial's young. Lacazette could be 30 then, so he could still maybe do a he job. He will be like, 30, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Giroud plays like he's 30, so if he's yeah. Lacazette could still play. Age
1: is not going to have any effect on Giroud's game. Yeah. It's, it's not going <laughs> to make any difference.
0: Giroud, with no shots on target this whole tournament. Let's just let that be known. Granted. But I'll let
1: him know. He did... He literally did a job. <laughs> what that job was is up for the debate, but he did a job. Um, and then let's get to possibly one of the most fun moments of this, was Hugo Lloris having an absolute mare. I don't know what he was thinking, and and had said it before the game, but he does have a mistake in him, and he absolutely does. Yeah. And, and it's a shame because he had a brilliant tournament. He was absolutely yes. fantastic, and then he did this. And he's lucky he got away with it, because that is one of those things a la carious, which... Will haunt you for the rest of your days if you do not win the game. The thing is, he had to do
0: this, and <laughs> and I say this because the the best goalkeepers in the world, in my opinion, at least top two are De Gea and Neuer, and both had mares, absolute mares. And Hugo Lloris wants to be in that group, and we all know Thibaut, Thibaut Courtois. I think he was best goalkeeper in the tournament, by the way. He got but the golden glove, whatever. Generally, Courtois can't keep his legs closed, so he has mares all the time. Hugo Lloris needed this world-class mayor <laughs> to get into that pantheon <laughs> of elites. Yeah. I mean, he had won a game in the qualifiers, but no one cared. So, this was important. And I'm happy that he did it, because now we can name him along the greats. <laughs> Fair enough. That's what he <laughs> needed to get in. I like it.
1: Um, so, 4-2. And you know what? That goal was quite... I appreciated that goal, because for a while, it was 2-1 to France, and it looked like... Croatia were pushing. They might get back into it. 2-2 would have been great for the neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, and 4-2 just made it a game again for at least a little bit. Yes. you know. Um, Croatia-wise, let's quickly talk about uh, Luka Modric, who won the Golden Ball. Well is that deserved. right?
0: Well-deserved. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. so
1: too. I, I, he was fantastic. And I, I think what comes into it for me is he looks... And I, and I know there's a thing about... You know, bigger players, especially when they're young. Mm. But Luka Modric is <laughs> tiny. Yes. He is tiny. It's the same with Kante. the same with Torreira. Like, it's not discriminatory to say that that is an obstacle that you need to overcome yeah. when you're playing people who are twice your size. Yeah, absolutely. And um,
0: Rahul Kavapale, our friend of the blog, he had Luka Modric in his all-time favorite yeah. eleven. And at the time, three months ago, I said, You are an idiot. (laughs) How can you do this? And I'm not saying I'd put him in my team, but I'm saying Luka Modric has shown me this World Cup and the last couple of years that he is in the conversation. Yes. Like at this point, people will say it's hearsay to have Xavi over Modric. I say go for it. You can do that. I may still have Xavi. But when you have a conversation about Javi, Javi Alonso and Luka Martich, they all can be in that conversation and he is and it's just a testament to him that he has put himself in that. Yep. To the point that people are asking for him to win the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. That's just amazing that a
1: central midfielder doesn't have statistics right. can even be thought of in that conversation anymore. But I love that because it gets away from the juvenile conversation and debate that is had constantly, mostly on Twitter, yes. about, about, oh, well, he's got three assists in and 19-whatever. And it's just like, no, if you watch the game properly and yeah. you know what you're talking about and you know what you're looking for, you know that Luka Modric is one of the best players the, uh, to play the game. The unfortunate thing is
0: because he didn't win, he won't win the ball. No, he won't. And we're <laughs> no, going to have won. a mess with all the conversation again because he didn't and win. And somehow Neymar will be third. And I will cry. <laughs> because Neymar, by the way, if we want to, we can shift to off the final. Well, biggest disappointment of the tournament? Absolute mare. Neymar like, was awful. Ne- Neymar was a disgrace for his diving and his petulance, but he was also not. This was supposed to be Neymar's time. Yep. Neymar was talking about openly talking about being the third best player in the world. Because he said, Messi Ronaldo off this world. So on this world, I am the, I am the best. He was nowhere near it. No, Nowhere near, again, when K- Kylian Mbappe was better than Neymar, Romelu Lukaku was better than Neymar, Harry Kane, if, even though I think he wasn't that good, was better than Neymar. Everyone, I they, mean, they, everyone was better than Neymar. They really, Ahmed Musa was better than Neymar.
1: Sure. I'm not even making that up. It's I a was, fact. I was better than Neymar. <laughs> I didn't even play. No, it's just it was so disappointing. Brazil had a very good team. They finally have a very good manager. And they needed their star player to show up. And show yep. up for the team and not for himself. And Neymar just didn't do that. And and look, we criticized him for the move to PSG because it seemed to be either for financial gain or because, you know, the, the, the narrative is he moved there because he wants to win the Ballon d'Or and he can't do it while he's in Messi's shadow. Mm-hmm. If that's your motivation, fine. But go there and take it seriously. Yep. Don't sod off to back to Brazil for three months to visit your sister and dick around mm-hmm. because you're injured. Like, you can't... You can't have that ambition, especially when you're up against Messi and Ronaldo, who are two of the most professional players of all time. Mm-hmm. Ronaldo, probably the most. Mm-hmm. And you can't have that ambition and not take it as seriously as them. Yeah,
0: there's, there's, there's a. I think there was a changing of the guard in terms of player that people hated the most. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I think a lot of people hated Ronaldo although a lot of people love Ronaldo, but I think people all came together with the idea of Neymar really is a piece of shit. And I didn't enjoy him on the pitch and I didn't this is just there's nothing to enjoy like, nothing even for the kids to like. No, like. Like there was just nothing there and I think Brazil suffered as a result of that. Although I did believe Brazil would still win and he would have been top scorer. This was all set up for him. But it's also, to me, a testament And we can jump to Belgium. Because Belgium have that dark horse thing where they expect them to do well and they don't. And they've really showed up. I thought they were unlucky
1: against France in the semi-final. Yep.
0: And I was very impressed with, with everything Belgium did in this whole
1: tournament. Yeah, I mean, even even Roberto Martinez, to be honest, yes. wasn't, wasn't that bad. I mean, going into it, would I have set them up in a 3-4-3 with... De Bruyne in central midfield and Carrasco as a wing-back? No. But but it worked out <laughs> for a bit. And eventually he, he brought Fellaini in who actually had a wonderful tournament. Yes. And and pushed De Bruyne forward and that worked even better for them and that was wonderful. Um, but this was... This was a really good tournament for Belgium and they will feel very unlucky and very hard done by, by that semi-final with France who, frankly, just defended yeah. and, and nicked it. And fair enough. But... Belgium, arguably, I don't know. I mean, they were certainly the better team in in that final with the ball. Um, And the question is now, where do they go from here? Because we've had this like golden generation thing, and it's been around for probably two tournaments: Mm. the Euros and then the World Cup. Mm. Or sorry, the World Cup and then the Euros, and now this World Cup. So three tournaments, and. You'd probably put them as favorites or, or one of the favorites for the Euros in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. After that, though, some of these teams start to be beyond their prime, no? Yeah, you have to look at what
0: their um, their cycle, the next cycle is going to look like. Is their youth team any good? I don't know because all I hear about is England's youth team. So I have no idea how good the next proper Belgians are. But I agree. They're still at an age where Euro 2020 is feasible for them to win. So... That has to be the next thing, and they have to take that next step. They have to win that tournament for this golden generation not to have gone to waste. You know the finals at Wembley? Oh, so It's coming goes. home. Man. It's, it's coming <laughs> home. Man. Speaking of that, England, I'm impressed. I was impressed. I I was impressed, yet not at the same time. Yes. Because I was impressed because they got to the semi-final. Brilliant. But I, I, when I kind of took my it's coming home hat off and... <laughs> you know my Gareth South gate blinders off I I, I looked at this England team and thought to myself did they actually play better than say England in 2002 World Cup no on the field of play what they produced was not was not tangibly better than that team no it really wasn't but they negotiated the tournament better that's what they did losing against Belgium was
1: key first of all yes you're right 100% they managed the tournament perfectly and second of all they weren't dicks. <laughs> That's the thing that you can say about this England team, right? They were nice. They were likeable. This the manager was, was smart and, 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 and sensible and had interesting things to say. And that helps massively with your, with your image to, to the extent that people really bought into this England team, even though on the field, not that good. Yeah. You look at the results, they beat shit teams, mm-hmm. they, they drew with Colombia. They beat them on penalties. Well done. I mean, that in itself, to win a World Cup uh, penalty shootout was an achievement for them and a massive kind of monkey off their back. Um, but what was good about England? The back three. Mm-hmm. John Stones had a good tournament. Uh, Kyle Walker. Maguire was not Maguire McGuire was fantastic. The wingbacks had good tournaments. Actually, we were discussing this before. If you think about it, only Lucas Hernandez stands in front of Ashley Young as left back of the tournament. And that's a shocking statement to make, but it is true. But it is true. Yeah. And Ashley Young wasn't even incredible. It's just there is a definite and left back, yeah. and he did quite well. On the right-hand side, Trippier had a fantastic tournament. Yeah. And really, to me, that's as far as it goes. Kane won the Golden Boot, but it was because of penalties. Lingard and Ali had their moments, but they weren't fantastic. And Sterling was... Was no, tricky. He he was, co- all right. he was all right. He caused a lot of problems, but his final, you know, the final ball or the finish wasn't quite there. Now, to me, Southgate sacrificed that front four somewhat mm-hmm. because that system brought them solidity that they hadn't had in a while, mm-hmm. and so he kind of sacrificed the creativity and the attacking flair, and he put that back five there and said, "We're going to win this on moments, on set pieces," and they were bloody brilliant on set uh, th- pieces. They were. They were. I mean, Blockhead Maguire. I- <laughs> His headers work. At John Stone's,
0: I didn't think he had a header in him, to be honest. At yeah. City, they don't you don't associate him with that, and he really showed up with, with, with his heading ability, but Ashley Young's delivery does help with that. Yeah. Was, and Kieran Trippier as well. Obviously, wonderful delivery. But just like you said, I don't think England really created anything. No. Like, they didn't, Panama, whatever, who cares. But they didn't when it mattered, create enough opportunities to put teams away that really makes you feel that they were an impressive side. That's right. Columbia seemed to me a bit like the game of the England of old where they are better than the other team, but they struggle. It just seems very familiar. Yes. And winning on penalties was great. But if England had lost, they still would have come out with some credit because, like you said, they were a bunch of nice guys and not a bunch of pricks. Yeah. But were they better than the Rooney generation, Beckham generation? No. On the pitch, what they produced was just not.
1: No, no, that's right. And and honestly, the tournament in a couple of years is a massive opportunity because what what Southgate and this team have done is laid a foundation. Yes. That they, they can build on, and they've got the defense somewhat sorted. All those guys are young; they mm-hmm. can do that again in a couple of years. Pickford was fantastic. We should mention him. Yeah. Um, especially with the shouting. My and. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God, he's
0: shouting, and you could hear his accent as Manu would say yes. through the screen. I love it, but yeah. also, I mean, he had some very good saves.
1: Very, he very he good did, saves. but but they can build on that defensive foundation. They can add to the kind of attacking talent. Jaden Sancho, for example, mm-hmm. Phil Foden. These guys are young. They're creative. They're attacking. Sesignol about to have his first career. Is sorry, his first season in the Premier League. There's a lot of attacking, exciting English talent, and as you said, their youth teams have won everything. Yeah, so. This is really quite an exciting foundation.
0: And, and even without, as I think similar to German, um, to Belgium, 2022 20, Euros are gonna be very important. Obviously finals in Wembley, it's enough motivation that, that, that you need. But at the same time, you look at them, in two years, they're gonna be 27, they'll have to be 23 or something. Kane is not gonna be young, it's gonna be 26, 27. Again, they also have a young group that can learn from this. I think keeping this groups together so they can learn and say, we were solid, we, we got semi-finals, but we have another level to get to. Yeah. That's important, and they
1: can do that. So I'm excited for what England have to offer. Me too. And that level excludes Jordan Henderson, I'm afraid to say. Oh my lord, against
0: Croatia, he was
1: bad. The guy did not have a bad tournament until Croatia, and then it was horrendous. I don't know if you've seen that video of him in possession against Croatia, but essentially he just boots it down the pitch every time he gets the ball. Unbelievable. Could can, not Loftus Sheik play that role? Honestly, the defensive midfield role. Yeah. I don't know. Chelsea need to actually play him in some games. Okay, they need to figure that out. I don't <laughs> know if you have to naturalize somebody. I don't care. you, but, you know? Chelsea still own Marco van Ginkel. You're lying. Bro. I was. It baffled me. Oh my god. Anyway, uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek, I assume, will go out on loan again. Um. All right. So let's. We have let's say five more minutes to touch on
0: the World Cup. Where, where do you want to go from there?
1: Uh, team of the tournament yeah sure okay uh so in goal do you have any arguments with courtois we kind of mentioned he won the golden glove uh no arguments okay uh right back um this so the, i'm reading you the guardians team of the tournament uh we've got uh Rissako, or however you say it mm-hmm. At
0: right back um i'd have Pavard. okay i like risako but I like Pavard because his goal was fantastic, and that's a oh, the
1: controversy that was first. a hit. All right, trippy honorable mention. Uh, Vida. No arguments. Mm, racist? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it over on one side. Uh, Godin. Wow. Wow. Over him, titty. Uh, my guess is they did this before the final. <laughs> like MTT definitely deserves to be there. Varane is also a decent shout to be there. I mean, Uruguay's um, defensive record was unbelievable. It was spectacular until the game they they went out.
0: I understand the logic, but I'm going in MTT.
1: Okay, fair enough. Uh, left back, we already mentioned. Ashley Young is really the only pretender to the Lucas Hernandez throne. And Lucas Hernandez is really only there because they got to the final. Yeah. (laughs) So Ashley Young. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How many assists does Lucas Hernandez have? Um, All right, midfield. Uh, The Guardian has uh, Perisic, Kevin De Bruyne, and Luka Modric. Mm -hmm. I can't argue with any of those individuals being in the team. It's very, very difficult to argue with that. If if there's one to argue with,
0: Actually, I can't... Like, I'm trying to shoehorn Pogba into this, but was he better than De Bruyne? I'm not sure. Was he better than Modric? No.
1: Okay, I'm going to give you an opportunity to shoehorn him in. The front three that they've gone for is Mbappe, fair enough, Hazard, fair enough, he was better than I expected, Mm -hmm. uh, and Cheryshev. Now, to me, yes, Cheryshev had a good tournament for Mm Cheryshev, and he scored some really cool goals against some really bad teams, but, like, really, team of the tournament. So, if we remove him and we put Perisic into the front three, you can slip, you can uh, swap Pogba back into that midfield. Yes, but I'm going to take my unbiased hat off for a second.
0: I do want Pogba in here, and I would if I made this, I would probably rejig the formation to fit him in. I would bring you a three-five-two or something. Six in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe something like that. But based on this, because we're working with this, what I would do is take Cherchev off, even though... Honestly, great tournament. Sure. Russia surprised everyone, although maybe not, if you think about mm-hmm. the Olympics and what they did there. <laughs> but who knows? Um, for me, you take Cherishem out, and unfortunately, I hate to say this, but you put Harry Kane in on the basis of, fact is, he was a top scorer. Goals. It's a fact. Whether we're, we're happy with how we scored them or not, he is a top scorer. I can't leave out the top scorer in the World Cup out of the World Cup team in the tournament.
1: Fair enough. Honourable mentions for Lukaku, who was fantastic. Again, better than I expected in this tournament. Yeah. And and Mandzukic, who is an absolute battle axe. Absolutely. But you know what you're going to get from him. And he yeah. gives it to you every time. And that is the reason that he is at Juventus. And he stays at Juventus. And it will be really interesting, actually. I mean, we'll go on to talk about transfers in a minute. It will be really interesting to see how he does at Juve, whether Ronaldo threatens his position I'm jumping ahead. Let's get there, but let's take a break. Welcome back. We will now talk about transfers, as promised. And there have been not as many as we'd have thought, given the transfer window, at least for the Premier League clubs, closes in three weeks. Yes. But there have sense. been some. So yep. we will discuss them. And given we were just talking about an international tournament, I thought we'd start with Edair. <laughs> 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 He's gone from Lille to Lokomotiv Moscow, Three million. It's probably getting paid a lot to go to Russia. <laughs> You'd well, have to be. Well done. Well I mean, done. It, all all that tells me is that like scoring the winning goal in an international tournament does not make your career. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. but yeah. it can get you paid in Russia, Yes. Right. Um, right. Uh, Chelsea have been at utter shambles this summer. You and I have like checked in about this every couple of days and been like, "So, yeah. like, what's happening? Is Conte gone? Has sorry arrived yet?" It seemed like they weren't willing to pay the release clause for Sari. whatever. They waited it out. Yeah. They've now got him. And they've managed to steal Jorginho from Manchester City, which is quite a coup. Like, I don't
0: understand. Okay, you have a terrible summer. And then you hire a decent manager, although you're probably going to make his life hell. Yep. in the process, And then you get a good player from the best team, like, under the nose of the best team in England... That's fantastic. I don't understand how they they go from stupid, stupid, stupid to smart and then smart again, and then they follow that up with possibly the signing of Rugani. What is happening at Chelsea? Like they
1: this was this a master plan just to hoodwink us
0: the whole summer?
1: <laughs> it is weird. Like maybe the delay in the Sari thing was like Sari has been traveling around Italy, like whispering into people's ears, being like, <laughs> "When I get out of the job, are you coming with me?" And, and like, yeah, Rugani's been linked for like a 40, 45000000 five million pound move. Um, which, to be honest, I don't... I mean, uh, okay, I know Juventus need need money, clearly, because they're spending a ton of it on Ronaldo. Um, I know they have Chiellini, but he's old. They have Barzagli, but he's really old. Benatia's still there. Was he all known? You're right. No, Benatia's still there, and he's... That's a good point. He's, like, 30-ish, so mm-hmm. another few years. And they also have uh, Caldara, from uh, who they brought back from Atalanta. So... They have center backs But Rugani was like The young one Yeah Came through the academy Mm -hmm. And blah 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 So it would be a bit surprising To me were they to sell him But nonetheless But Let's talk about this From Jorginho's point of view You're all lined up To go to City Pep Guardiola Best manager in the world Give or take Winning team Champions League They've just won the league Mm -hmm. Fernandinho's like There but he's on the way out So you can make that spot Your own what did Chelsea offer at this point, other than he's a manager you just worked with so you know he likes you? Nothing. But that is, maybe, this is a bit of a safe move for him. Absolutely nothing. And, and my understanding was
0: he had a release clause which City were willing to pay. And it seems that um, Chelsea are offering a bit more than that, but I, thought, I didn't think that's how that worked. I thought it was, mm. you trigger the release clause, you talk to the player and then move on. So either Chelsea are paying him more money than City... Or maybe City weren't all that interested in the first place because this dragged on for a long time. Yeah, and Jorginho's agent said he was going to Man City. Jorginho point blank came out and said that he was going to Man City, pretty much. So something must have gone awry in this process that we're unaware of. But it's another case of, and even with Fred joining Manchester United, he was supposed to go to City. City had a long process of getting Riyad Mahrez. Something is not clicking with their transfers and maybe that hurts them, maybe it doesn't. But throw, throw
1: Alexis into that into that mix too. Yeah. Right. You're right, there is a pattern here of City seeming to be the only one in the picture. Yeah. And then these players going elsewhere. But now you've lost out on Fred, you've lost out on Jorginho, and you need someone for that midfield. Because as I just said, Fernandinho is there, but he's old mm-hmm. and you've got you've got sixty games to play. And they need someone in there. And so unless there's a youth prospect that we're not totally up on that can fill that role, like how many targets can you let go by before before you really make this count? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know if it's on the list, but because we're talking about Juventus, I'm not going to let this podcast go <laughs> All by. All right. Wow. Like, we we heard the rumors. We saw them. I'm not sure we took them seriously until we actually saw the announcement from Real Madrid that Cristiano Ronaldo
1: was to leave to Juventus. A comunicado oficial. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and they, today was his official
0: unveiling at Juventus.
1: It was the only useful official comunicado recently because the other two have been, we're not signing Mbappe and we're not signing uh, Neymar. Which is like, so what's the point of letting <laughs> him go in the first place? What are you doing? But, I mean, this is, I mean, this is a really fascinating transfer. On the one hand, There have probably been a couple times in his career at Real Madrid... ...where Real Madrid would have taken this opportunity to let him go. Yes. And he's bounced back every time. Mm -hmm. And shown an incredible amount of fitness and, and kind of relevance and durability. And it's kind of... If I was a Madrid fan, I would be somewhat excited by this... ...just because it is absolutely a fresh start. Yes. And it had to happen eventually... And so, what better time? And they get all their money back for him. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it's mental. Just on paper, the fact that they for paid... For 33 or getting all your money back is amazing. Yeah, it's nuts. And for Juventus, it makes absolute sense. I yeah. don't care that it's going to cost them however many, hundreds of millions. A, they'll sort it out somehow, whether legitimately or not, yeah. whatever. But the thing with Juventus is they're going to win Serie A. Mm-hmm. They'd have won it without him. They need to win the Champions League. It's the only thing left for them. And... Who scores the goals in the important matches in the Champions League? It's Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. He's been the greatest Champions
0: League player of all time, in my opinion. And even in the last couple of years, the goals he scores against Bayern, Atletico, this is a big game player. Juventus, exactly. He's actually scored more goals against Juventus than any other player has ever scored. So if you want to win, you (laughs) take the guy that scored more than anyone else against you. But I just find it remarkable, because like you said, this could go wrong in that they don't win the Champions League, but... It could also go right because they're going to win, you know, Copa Italia and Serie A or whatever. Right. And Champions League is very difficult. Real Madrid have had a stranglehold on that thing. But we all know this is all they actually care about. It's the only reason they actually spent 94 mil on Iguain And yeah. like did all these things. Everything that they do as a football club is geared towards winning this tournament. Yes. And there is no better player, Barley or Messi, you can get to win you this tournament right now. So I agree with you. It's fantastic and I'm enjoying the fact that people that hated, and I'm going to call out Tarek, my buddy, you <laughs> hated Cristiano Ronaldo, are singing his praises and this is what football does. Forget everything is banter. Who cares? Yeah. But you've gotten the best player in the world that you could get yes. to your team. You celebrate that no matter what you think of the person.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and there have been a lot of people who have said this is brilliant for Serie A. There have been a lot of people who said this is not brilliant for Serie A and I... I appreciate both arguments, one of which is the marketing aspect, the high-profile aspect, the, this will bring in viewers from elsewhere Mm. aspect. The, the opposite side of this argument is Juventus have already won seven Scudetti in a row. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, Napoli pushed them very close last season, but other than that, no one really challenged them. Roma a little bit, but not really. And so this really just makes the inequality worse. Mm -hmm. And, Is that a good thing? Objectively, not really.
0: When Cristiano Ronaldo leaves the club, we can talk about that. Because for right now, it's just about Juventus winning the Champions League. And I think all of Italy should be happy if they win the Champions League. Because it does bring a lot more relevance. And potentially down the road, not now, down the road, more money to Serie A. Which, as we've seen in England, gets you players. Sure. Sure and then hopefully you can start competing after that. But for right now, forget it.
1: I, I, I appreciate that as a logical point of view. I would say asking most of Italy to support Juventus is like so asking is most the, of England to support who, United. Like it's an impossible happened. task. But, yes. yeah. but, you know, good luck to them anyway. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what, what happens there. Um, just on the kind of ramifications for the other Juventus players, you would think that Higuain would move because Ronaldo is going there to play as a number nine.
0: Hmm.
1: Yes. He will tell you
0: he's going to start off on the left, but he will occupy that space. So if Iguain is ready and willing to be the Benzema, which I don't think he is, I, I don't think he's mobile enough to do that, then sure. But that's Dibala's role
1: now. Also, Iguain and Benzema spent years like dueling for that spot. I don't think he wants to even hear the word Benzema. Like He yeah. probably needs <laughs> to get out of there. Um, and he was being linked to Chelsea, which I think would actually be a very good move for all concerned. Yeah. Um, Maybe Morata can do the Benzema role yeah, if they yeah. switch. Code. That suits him more. That kind of makes yes. sense. Um, what does it mean for DiBala? Hopefully, nothing. I would think if you were Juventus, you would want to hold on to Dybala He's twenty-two, or whatever. Yeah. Um, or and then or let him go to Liverpool. Ugh. I mean, I can't imagine. No, it wouldn't. They even Liverpool can't fit him in their
0: team. I what would do you do? Replace Sané I mean, Mane? No. He doesn't really fit that
1: style either. Yeah, he doesn't. He's so more. Come a... United, please. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, let's let's take that. Let's take that. Uh someone who did go to Liverpool, and I find this quite funny. Jaden Shakiri. Now, Liverpool fans have been quite. Well, they've tried to be excited about this, and I understand that it's a transfer to your club as an attacking player. Um, he's occasionally fun. But He's shit, isn't he? <laughs> he's, I mean, he scores the occasional belter, but, like, really? He's serviceable. Okay. That's how I'll put it. Okay. And I love the new nickname
0: Power Cube that's going around. <laughs> I absolutely love it. He's a Power Cube. He's He can be useful under the right circumstances, but even he knows he's only going to play if Salah is injured. Right. So, and as long as he's ready to deal with that, then it's not the worst signing in the world Because right now I don't even If Lalana's what comes off the bench Then I'd rather have Shaqiri
1: I'm surprised is still there To be honest But Klopp seems to like him I, I mean For me The biggest thing about this is that Shakiri has won the lottery here Yes He has won the lottery here I mean He You know Went to Bayern Went to Inter Failed miserably They didn't want him to, No one else wanted him To the extent that he went to Mark Hughes' Stoke mm-hmm. Has performed very inconsistently At Stoke To say the least And he gets a move To a fantastic team With a brilliant manager In the Champions League Who plays some of the most Exciting football in Europe He has won the lottery yeah, absolutely. And so he better Make the most of this Yeah um, Right uh, Jorginho done William Carvalho To Betis Which is quite funny Just because he was linked With everyone Forever And he ends up at Betis I'm sad Except for the fact that Batiste seems to have stumbled on some money yeah I don't know
0: where they got it from because uh, they also have what I consider to be I don't know if it's the best or the worst transfer video this this summer
1: with Inui. yeah with it was bad. dragon Ball it wasn't
0: bad because it was kind of bad because it was, was kind of good because it was bad
1: yeah I mean all I'll say about that is like children might like it but that's a good segue because let me talk about What has for me been objectively the worst announcement video, which is that Barcelona, who have done a little bit of business here and there, uh, signed Clement, uh, I would say Langlais, but apparently it's Langlette, I don't know, from Sevilla. 35 million for the centre back, who Sevilla only bought a year ago from Mm. like Nancy or whatever. And the announcement video for this, if you haven't seen it, please go onto YouTube, search Clement Langlais Barcelona announcement video. It is so horrendous, it's boring. At the end, it says "Enjoy Langlet," like it's. But it's it... like a talking football that is. <laughs> it's like a sorting hat from
0: Harry Potter. It... Firstly, that ball was creepy. Like it looked so creepy. Yes. And and it was just talking about Messi the whole time. And <laughs> yeah. Like it was talking about like things in Messi's museum, and then all of a sudden, and like it literally, all just,
1: oh, just ended. All of a sudden, it said "Enjoy Langlet." What? Yeah, it's like, you know what it's like? It's like one of those, um, like, perfume commercials where it shows you something completely random and you're like, what is this about? And then at the end, it's just like, "Eh, Davidov, Davidoff, for men.
0: It it was almost as if Barcelona felt, we need to massage Messi's ego because he just went out (laughs) of the World Cup. So let's make this all about him and then throw in a little bit of, what? What? I don't know.
1: If I was Lenglet, yeah. I would be quite annoyed by this, other than the fact that I've just transferred to one of the best teams in the world after only one year of proving myself in, yes. in and, La Liga. So, and, fair enough.
0: And, by the way, this might be a good segue to talk about the football scam that was the Paulinho transfer because yes. he has now gotten to... that's This is money laundering. I'm sorry. hundred percent. This is all this work. hundred percent. So, Barcelona signed uh, Paulinho from Guangzhou Evergrande for, I think, £40 million or whatever. Euros, yeah. And now... Oh, they've loaned him back? Yeah. When he actually did pretty well? He did very well. What? This is long... Like, no. This is not financial fair play. This is a crime. <laughs> yeah. This is an actual crime. If
1: someone isn't investigating this, like, oh, what on earth? Oh anyway, the, another weird thing in Paulinho's bizarre career. Um, and to replace him, they've, they've bought Artur from from Gremio for $35 million. Um, I don't know anything about this kid other than that he's... Proper good on football manager, but like, who isn't? Yeah,
0: but so was Henri Saibet, and I have never <laughs> heard anything about that kid. Fair. For years. Fair.
1: Um, Southampton have signed for $18 million, someone called Yannick Vestergaard from Borussia Mönchengladbach. He's a centre-back, that's all I can tell you. We're still investigating who he is. Okay. Uh, this one's big. Fulham. Little Fulham. plucky mm-hmm. little Fulham. Jean-Michel Seri for 25 million, the Europe's biggest clubs are after this guy, allegedly. He nearly joined Barcelona a couple of years ago. Does that mean he's shit? Or does that just mean that the other clubs didn't know what they were doing? I, do, I really don't know. Well, tr- people I trust on Twitter have said that he's very good.
0: Yeah. Because Chelsea I don't, were linked, Arsenal were linked, United were linked at one point. I'm I'm seriously surprised and who are we talking about that needs City need a midfield, yeah. apparently and Fulham signed I don't know what they're smoking
1: up at Fulham but I'm not sure I mean they sat him down they were like listen you can play with Ryan Sassanil
0: and he must have loved
1: that and Suri was like he sounds French I'll do it
0: my question is is the Michael Jackson statue still there <laughs> And did he see that and think,
1: this is where I need to be? He loves a little soft-shoe shuffle. (laughs) I don't think it is, but that would be very funny. Um, West Ham have signed everyone. Um, Jarl Malenko from Dortmund. He's a good player. Okay. Um, But he's 29 and they spent 18 million on him. Whatever. It's worth a shout, possibly. Uh, Issa Diop is a 21 centre-back that they signed from Ligue 1. Um, Allegedly a lot of potential, quite raw, that kind of thing. Sure. Jackie Wilshire. Mm. This is a cliché transfer. Mm. This is rubbish. You're not impressed? I'm not impressed at
0: all. Jack Wilshire is, like you said, cliché. He's done, past it, and the big hole doesn't
1: want him anymore, so let's grab him. Like, this this the screams of Alex Song. It, it, <laughs> yeah. It is a shame. It is a shame. Everything about Jack Wilshire's career is a shame. It's, it's even his, his kind of little video that he took announcing himself as a hammer um, in which he said he wants to get West Ham back up to where they belong. Which is where? Which is where? The Intertotal Cup, that doesn't exist anymore. Oh, so, yeah. where do they really belong? Nowhere. <laughs> no, mid table. Okay. Um, however, to try and escape mid the table, they have signed Felipe Anderson, who a couple of years ago was a very exciting uh, winger for Lazio. He still was a winger for Lazio, but less exciting in the last year or so. This is also a financial crime. 42 million or whatever that was for a guy who no one wants anymore. Yeah. How? Why? I don't understand. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, the Pellegrini is in charge. Presumably, he's signing off on these things, and like, he's quite an intelligent man. Yeah, but
0: he's signing players as if he's still manager of Guangzhou Evergrande. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're signing washed up up people that are cannot give you that much value.
1: It's true. It will be very interesting to see what he does with this lot. Yeah. Anyway, um, Riyad Morris to Manchester City. We discussed this a little bit. Do, let's just start here. Do you think they need him? No. No, but it's good to have. Sure. But is it is it an ex- another example of big clubs just hoovering up talent because they can, as I've read in some places?
0: Uh, yes, in a sense. Because I agree. They, I mean, I don't think they need him because Raheem Sterling should start, despite his misgivings. He should start. And Bernardo Silva was fighting him for that spot. Silva didn't really work out, in my opinion. But... David is getting older, as we've discussed, so maybe he fills that position instead, which he, I think he's more natural at, the free role kind of right. thing. And then Riyad Mahrez could fight with Sterling for the right-wing position. That makes a lot of sense to me if that's
1: what they're trying to do. Fair enough. Here's my prediction for Mahrez, which is that uh, Sterling is going to come back to City late because he was deep in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, Bernardo Silva, I think you're right. I think he'll play probably more centrally this season. So I think Mahrez is going to start the season in the eleven, and I think he's going to have a great start. I think City are going to have a great start, and then after ten games or so, let's see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. By the way, the fact that the Premier League starts so late,
0: Manchester United are not going to have anybody <laughs> playing for them. Like, yeah. actually, Martial, Sanchez, and Mata might be the starting front three. That's yeah, that's scary to me. It's a
1: good but, point. Yeah, it's a good point. But then, yeah, I, I guess most Premier League teams might have that issue. Same as like Spurs. Arsenal don't have it because. Only back went to the so World this Cup. this is your chance to win the league. It actually is. <laughs> actually got a manager now. I mean, this is the last one I wanted to talk about. So, Arsenal finally got over the line in the Lucas Torreira deal after a year ago I went out of the World Cup. Mm-hmm. This is, Arsenal have made a lot of signings this summer. Uh, Bernd Leno in goal, uh, Socrates, Patel at centre-back, at uh, right-back. A lot of what look on paper to be kind of sensible moves mm-hmm. uh, to fill out a squad that needed some some balance. Torreira though is one that I'm actually excited about. He's 22. He's a defensive midfielder. He actually tackles. He he's actually mobile. He's got passing range. He's actually good. It's actually good. He combines you know the attributes of the mi- Arsenal have a lot of midfielders who do different things, mm-hmm. and then he does one thing, and and Jaka does another thing, and Ramsey does another thing. But Torreira actually has. A range of attributes. yeah, And it's very exciting. I, I think is a wonderful
0: signing and probably the reason that uh, Jack Wilshire's gone. And mm. probably for good cause because he's also going to give, I think, Aaron Ramsey a further platform mm. to show himself and show what he can do without having to do something that he's not good at.
1: I think that's fair. Anyway, I, I think you're right. I think Arsenal will probably start the season. Well, they've got City and Chelsea to start. Yep, never mind. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I think in general, they should probably start the season quite well. You know, the the new manager bounce, even though it's coming in over you got summer. Leno as well. Keeper, there are mixed reports about him, but he's got to be better than Petr Cech, who is horrendous. Yeah. Um, you know, the back four should be a bit more solid with coaching and stuff. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and uh, I mean, they had their first preseason friendly the other day. They beat Boreham Wood 9-0. I could beat Boreham Wood 9-0. Yeah, but could you beat a team 22-0 like Everton? Did? Ooh, good shout. Everton for the league. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I assume you've seen the clip of the goalkeeper literally moving out of the way. It was a match for I've never seen it. But, yeah, sure. Um, but, Auburn, started with a hat-trick. And it will be, I mean, the guy came in halfway through the season and scored, what was it, 10, 12 goals? Yeah. It will be very interesting to see what he does with the full season and like proper tactics and stuff. And in the Europa League again. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're gonna try and pod uh, regularly. I don't know. We might take a break, but before the season starts or the European season. Anyway, we'll, well work the Season's it out. like next week, so yeah. we'll probably pod again. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be back soon. Uh, but keep us uh, keep us on your Twitter feed at under underscore the Kosh for any updates. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, take care. <laughs>